to a Hope 103.2 podcast. This episode of Real Hope Conversations contains content that may be distressing to some listeners. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Real Hope Conversations, and I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Abby McFarlane, and today across the Zoom screen, I am sitting down with somebody that I love dearly, John Scott. John is uh, one of our team at 96.5 up in Brisbane, and I have loved getting to know John over the last two years. Um, I talk about in this chat how John is constantly calling me up or having a chat, and every chat turns to a God conversation. Every chat turns to be something that is encouraging to me and my walk with God. And I know that today you listening will be as encouraged as as I am about John. Today we are talking about God, the great physician, and John shares so many um, instances in his, his life where he has seen God show up. God bring healing, God bring miracles, God just being present in his everyday life and how that for him really stems from a heart of thanksgiving and gratitude. John talks about stories of his own life where he has recently been battling cancer and how God has walked with him through that battle. This is a conversation that is not to be missed. I hope that you are encouraged. I hope that you are challenged. And I hope at the end of this all, we are all seeking together to just want more of God. Let's dive deeper. Well, John, it's so great to have you here across the Zoom or team screen from me um, to chat about God, the great physician. Um, John, you are a blessing to work alongside. You've certainly encouraged me in my walk with God. And so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today um, to talk about this topic. Look, John, Would you just share a little bit with our listeners about who you are, um, where you're from, a bit about your background and how you came to know God? Yeah, thanks, Abby. Um, So uh, I'm a country boy at heart. I grew up in northern New South Wales. Uh, My dad was a um, a runaway Irishman and POW, uh, prisoner of war. Wow. From the Second World War. Was on death railway, actually. So... Um, came back after being in Japan as a prisoner of war as well. And uh, we were just an average garden variety family. Uh, We weren't that rich. Um, You know, we had, uh, you know, we weren't that socially well off. Uh, Three boys in the family. I was the youngest. Uh, We all failed at least one year of high school. Um, But when I was 13, I went to a Billy Graham crusade. And I heard the gospel for the first time and immediately responded, uh, knowing in my heart as a 13-year-old, not really academic, not theological, just knew that God was real and that I was born to serve him. And that lasted about five weeks because nobody followed it up. And I didn't understand God or the ways of God, which is really important for this whole topic. Um, I went... So third round, I went to school. I failed uh, year 12, went back and did it again, met a girl. 
who encouraged me to put Christ first in my life. And she gave me a Bible verse which said uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, put God first in your life, seek him, be right with him, and all these other things will fall into place. And they did. And God gave me a new head and a new heart. And from a guy that failed at everything, failed at everything, uh, went off and did agriculture because I thought people were overrated and uh, <laughs> eventually ended up with second-class honours and uh, had a career as an avian pathologist and a, a intensive animal production guy for about 15 years. And so that's where I started my Christian journey. Uh, when we got married, this girl that introduced me to Christ uh, eventually said yes and married me. Well, by the way, we've been married 50 years in January coming. Oh, my goodness, John. Oh, my goodness, John. Yeah, that's exactly I, I thought that I keep saying the same thing. <laughs> and um, then we joined a really good church that, that taught us how to walk with God. And it was, was really, really important. Uh, one of my favorite verses, which is relevant for healing, is Psalm 103, which says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his name. Mm. Bless, not, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, mm. uh, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who, who redeems your life from destruction and crowns your life with loving kindness and tender mercies. And then it says, He made known his ways to Moses, but his acts to the children of God. In other words, People love to see God moving, but Moses said, I don't want to see God moving. I don't want to see the miracles. I want to know how they work. And I think that's one of the things that really motivate me to continually give thanks to God and to find out, God, if I want to see you at work, what does that look like? And of yeah. course, so anyway, joined this church and, they, and they, they taught me things like, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, which is radical. In everything yeah. give thanks. And so let me, let me tell you about my work and my first major healing. So my first major healing was I was working for Ingham's uh, as a uh, farm manager, assistant farm manager in a, in a big complex in Sydney, uh, late at night, really tired, really dirty and smelly, uh, was getting a batch of chickens ready to go to processing at about 11 at night. I've been working all day. And uh, what you do is you lift the water lines up, harvest the chickens, drop the water lines that night so the rest of the chickens can, can, can not be dehydrated. And one of the lines broke. And so I'm up on a ladder, tired, smelly, uh, trying to fix a PVC pipe with a screwdriver and drove the screwdriver into the bone of my knuckle. John. And so here I am. And what am I going to do? And this group of people I'm fellowshipping with, their voice in my ears saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And they're saying, in everything, give thanks. And so I'm, I'm there going, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> bless your name. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> anyway, I wrapped it up in a, you know, because normally the natural default for us, all of us, would be to swear, carry yeah. on and this and that and something else and... Anyway, I wrapped it in a handkerchief and about an hour and a half later when I got home, I washed it in the sink and it was totally healed. <gasps> and it was like the Holy Spirit said to me, John, if you put my word into action and if you focus on me rather than focus on the problem, you'll see miracles. Yeah. And Abby, for the last 50 years, I've seen God 
miraculously do things in my life and, and in the lives of others. And I think that's the thing. I think, and I love that you said, you know, in the natural, we automatically, when we get hurt, or when we're in pain or when we're suffering, we go to the negative and we go to the swear word or we go to the cursing. Um, And I love how you're talking about bringing thankfulness even into those moments of pain and hurt to shift your perspective in that moment, which is it's an interesting thing, particularly when we so often... Um, in our humanity, forget that God is a healer, a healer guide until we absolute, until we need healing. Yes. And until we need that restoration through healing. Um, and I think we also attribute healing to the physical aspect of healing, um, not necessarily to the emotional, spiritual and mental um, healing that God also provides in that. Yes. Yes. So, so one of the one of one of my big self talks, you know, that I'm saying to myself is uh, magnify the Lord, don't magnify the problem. And yeah. and 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 God wants to do great and wonderful things, but we get in the road. Mm. I mean, there was never anything wrong with God. If there's a problem, it's it's not on God's side. It's just that whether we don't understand Him or we haven't aligned ourselves with him properly um, and so uh, maybe I'll get towards the end of the this story about my own journey recently because I've just finished you know six months of chemotherapy yeah. and of course uh, I'm still going in for the test which means the the needles you know the blood you know we hey John we need a blood sample I thought they said I was a good specimen they said no John we need a specimen and so <laughs> I sort of line up and get this, you know, they they puncture me every three months at least, if not uh, more often than that. And 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 I hate needles. And so when yeah. the needle goes in, I'm going, oh, thank you. That's fantastic. And so the girl the other day, the nurse the other day, she said, you're the only person that, that thanks me for the needle. And I'm going, you don't understand what this is about. I'm actually counterculture here. I'm, I'm going, yeah. you know, this is – I'm not going to curse. I'm, I'm not going to go <laughs> – yeah, I'm, I'm not going to withdraw. I'm going to go, thank you, thank you, thank you, because in everything give thanks and yep. it will change. Mm. Yeah. And so to that, John, as you were saying, you've kind of had a fairly um, – another miraculous story of healing over the last couple of years in your own health um, and health battle. Did you want to share a little bit more about that with those who are listening? Yeah, sure. So uh, before I do, uh, I've actually seen miracles. Uh, so – when I'm going to believe for miracles for myself, I've actually seen miracles in others as well. And probably, probably the most uh, radical of them all is that I was pastoring in Northern New South Wales, and um, one of the girls in the church said, "Oh, could you come up to uh, ICU at the hospital because um, one of her friends had accidentally hung himself on stage. He was doing a theatre production." And he was acting as a guy who was being hung up for uh, a criminal activity, and and they and they dressed him up to hang, stand him on a on a pl- on a plate with a rope around his neck, and with his uh, hands behind his back and a 
and uh, whatever it is in his mouth. Uh, he was gagged. Uh, but he, and they thought he was doing a good act, but when they closed the curtains, he was dead. That hung him on stage. And uh, so there was a lady, there was a doctor in, it was like a theatre restaurant production, and she raced up on stage and she tried to revive him. He'd been dead for between five or eight minutes or something, and they rushed him to hospital. And he was there lying in ICU with his mother brain dead. And they called me up and I went up and I prayed for him. And when I prayed for him, his hand flew off his chest and his mother screamed and all sorts of things, but nothing else happened. And he was still in ICU, still brain dead. And uh, so the cast, this was, this was, he'd hang himself on the Saturday. I went up on the Sunday afternoon after church to pray for him. Uh, by the early week, he was still in ICU, brain dead. And uh, the cast had thought they'd killed him. And so they were really nervous, you know, the old occupation, health and safety. This is going back into the mid-80s or early 80s, actually. And so they were worried. They, they weren't a Christian cast and there were not many Christians, if any, in the cast. But um, somebody asked the Presbyterian minister whether he would pray and I went with him and we prayed on the Wednesday night with the cast who in a really, you know, uh, in May in a small country town in northern New South Wales was really cold and their response was cold as well. They weren't warm to this idea. But Friday morning, he sat bolt upright in bed, totally healed, totally healed. And the first thing he said was, Where's the strawberries and champagne for the celebration after the end of the – because he was anticipating that and he'd come back to that. And in the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, Sunday morning, his picture, front page, back from the dead. Oh, my goodness, John. Oh, my goodness, John. And somebody said, how did you do that? And I said, I have no idea. But I do know this, Abby, that we have not because we ask not. And yeah. some people don't hear, some people don't see healings because they don't ask for healings or they don't believe for healings. Mm. And if you don't ask and you don't pray, you may not see them. But if you do ask and you do pray, and if you humble yourself to say, God, we've done everything we can do, now we need you to do what only you can do. Mm. And we ask for your grace and mercy. You you come and humble yourself. You cannot come and demand it. But but I've seen many 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 times that if we humble ourselves to become be, become uh, unashamedly God dependent, mm. we'll we'll see things that you can't ever see in the natural. Anyway, so this has been some of my experience. So when it came to my turn. So I, two years ago, I go to the doctor and he said, oh, John, um, uh, she was a girl, actually, the first, not my hematologist, that was later, but uh, my doctor, who's, who's a young girl, she said, oh, John, if, if you were to get something really bad, you've got one of the really good ones. She said, you've got stage four, end of life, uncurable, non-Hodgkin lymphoma. And I said, so what's the upside to that? And she said, oh, the good thing is it'll take a while to take you out, you know. And I went, oh, that's great news. You know, some people, when they hear bad news, they say, why me? So yeah. at that point, I said, why not me? Why not give it to an old bloke who's got faith, that's walk with God, who loves this walk with God as an adventure. It's like, 
hey, this is exciting. So the, so the girl in the oncology day centre eventually when I had to go and get chemo, she said, uh, Mr. Scott, how are you? And I said, Kate, I'm really excited. I've never done chemo before. And I just took the whole thing as a, you know, it's like, I want to walk with the Lord. Yeah. Abby, I want to prove him. I, I don't want to preach about him. I don't want to share the gospel with other people. I want to prove that in my life and in my family that this stuff works. You know, yeah. I don't want to... Yeah, I, I I don't want it to be a theory. I want it to be accessible to anybody if we can just humble ourselves and say, Lord, where do we go to from here? Yeah. Yeah. I love what you were saying about um, unashamedly looking for God in those moments. And it made me wonder, like, what's your perspective? Do you think, um, because I have traveled um, to visit a lot of uh, churches in developing countries. That was part of a role that I have had. Um, And there is a dependence upon God um, in those churches that I found that hadn't been anything that I had experienced in the Western developed world, a dependence where it was literally depending on him for their next meal, um, for their next breath. It was this God is the ultimate provider and he does provide. And in those places, the stories of miracles were abundant because yes. they had they had nowhere else to turn to except for to God. Do you think that in the Western developed world that we maybe don't hear about miracles or seek miracles um, because we are not unashamedly dependent upon God for all of our needs. Yeah, so uh, I've thought that and heard that and seen that many times and hope that we don't become as totally dependent upon God as they did in the sense that we lose our health system, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And so so I understand what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying, but then I want to take it to another level. How mm. then do we in the West access that same level of dependence and trust? And I think yeah. the key is the key is gratitude. So mm. what we do is we don't thank God for health and for his normal provision, whether it comes that we've got a reasonable salary and that we can pay for the things that we need and that mm. we can buy organic food or, you know, the best range of medicines or the best range of vitamins and minerals that we need. So, but we should be giving thanks to God for all of that. Yeah. And so for Catherine and I, that we live our life uh, in gratitude. I think it's uh, Colossians chapter 3 verse 7 that says be rooted and grounded in Christ and overflowing with gratitude Mm. so you overflow with gratitude and you thank God for your health long before you need to ask him for your healing Mm. and so some of us completely ignore God and you know we're not dependent on him we don't even think about him and then we need to get healed or something and then we go looking for him Mm. who we haven't developed a relationship with um, and then wonder why we don't have that access to him or, more importantly, the divine flow of his presence. Uh, and for mm-hmm. me, I think it's more about his his nearness and closeness 
which we call presence, his nearness and closeness daily. So that when this comes along, it was like I didn't have to change step. It's like, hey, I'm depending on God. Yeah. It's like this is just another. This is just another thing. Yeah. Your your statement and question was good and probably needs another podcast. But um, yeah, <laughs> sticking to where we were. Yeah. yeah. So I I and I love what um, I love having walked with you for like a distance, but walking with you through the last two years, I don't think that there has ever been a conversation with you over the last two years, even when we have been talking about your treatment and hospital and what's going on for you, where you haven't been, there's this deep-seated thankfulness and gratitude and dependence upon God. Every conversation with you, John, turns to a God conversation, which is why I love chatting to you. And even just the quick phone call always turns into a God conversation. How do you, that's that's obviously been a heart that you have cultivated over years of your walk with God. How did you start cultivating that? Because it is very easy to get distracted by the world. Yeah, so I think the key to it is problems and difficulty. Mm. Um, and I won't unpack for the podcast, but, you know, I have uh, – experienced um, misunderstanding, rejection and failure that has just made me dependent upon God, that I just, you know, uh, couldn't depend on others. I just had to depend on God and his word uh, that he's taken me back to love and care for others, you know, give me a deep compassion for others and understanding even even the people that you know, that uh, didn't necessarily like me. Uh, for example, people say to me, what happens when people don't like you? And I say to them, I say back to them, hey, I understand that. Some days I don't even like myself. So it's like God dependence is not being self-reliant. You're yeah. not, not, not trying to second guess all the time or protect your own reputation or whatever. So it's been a long journey and a, in some cases a painful journey, but continually looking to God and blessing God and encouraging myself. And like, like King David encouraged himself in the Lord. Let's just keep going back. Yeah. And so for Catherine and I, we always got a, a, a worship song in our head. You know, I say to her this morning, what song are you singing? It's the same song I'm singing. It's like, how does that happen? <laughs> It's always something that will lift up the name of the Lord. We're always talking about the loving kindness and the, the goodness of the Lord. You know, and whenever there's a problem, we'll say, hey, let's see what the Lord will do here. I wonder what how God's going to yeah. use this. This is exciting. You know, the wheels yeah. have come off it. Let's see what God will yeah. do. Perhaps there's another. God's got something else for this. And uh, we're continually encouraging ourselves with that. One of the other things in contemplating the fact that I might die, was uh, one of my, my best ever verses, which is Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I am crucified, this is the Apostle Paul talking, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. And the life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. In other words... Yeah. You know, there's what what they call you know worst case scenario. 
you know, well, John, this could kill you. Well, yeah, it could, but I'm already dead. I'm not living for me. I'm living for Christ. And the life that I live in the King James Version, it says, it doesn't say I live by faith. He says, I live by the faith of Jesus Christ. I'm not even living by my faith. Somebody said, oh, you must have great faith to believe for your healing. For example, my hematologist said the other day, he said, look, I can't find this thing in your body. He said, I'm not saying it's not there. I just can't find it. And But the point is that uh, the reality is, Abby, that I'm going to die someday. And I'm 71, so I'm never going to die as a young man. And I'm already dead. You know, I, I'm not living to prove something. And I don't have to vindicate or justify myself for, for what I'm doing. It's just... And I delight in the Lord. So yeah. I lay it li- there at night. I'm not too sure whether you've tried this. Anybody listen to the podcast? It, it, it might be worth considering because I want to live well and I want to die well. Yeah. And I lay there at night delighting myself in the Lord and saying, one day, Lord, I'm going to do this and you're going to take me. And so I'm yeah. just, I practice dying, getting rid of all fear, all anxiety yeah. and just looking to him. Is it today, Lord? Pick me, pick yeah. me. I'm ready. Yeah. Which my wife doesn't like. My wife says, <laughs> "If you keep doing that, I'll kill you." She doesn't. No, she doesn't say that, but she's not happy. You know, <laughs> that's a joke, by the way. If you're listening to the podcast, it's a joke. Um, <laughs> she doesn't want me to go, but I'm ready. I'm ready, yeah. and being ready, and delighting in the fact that I'm going to stand in the presence of God one day, mm. not based on my own goodness. And yeah. that I've earned it, but based on the promise that Jesus said, if I believe in him, I will have everlasting life. Mm. And I believe that with all my heart. Based on that promise, I'm just delighting in the Lord. So every day is is an extra and a good day. And, uh, and uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my health. I'm yeah. grateful for my healing. And also, yeah. here's another key, because I'm praying for people all the time. Here's another key that I stumbled across. It says that God changed Job's circumstances when he prayed for his friends. Mm. So I've got a lot of people I know who are going through radiation therapy for brain tumors who are spending their time praying for other people. Mm. They're not consumed by their own circumstances. Yeah. And when I did that, things changed in my life. And I think that that, uh, like, I think that just having that perspective, not being consumed by self and ourselves um, and our own circumstances, but shifting the perspective outward and heavenward shifts your perspective of your own circumstances. Um what, so we've talked about personal circumstances and we've talked about personal healing. What would you say to those people who, like you, have people in their lives who are struggling and who are in need of healing, whether that be physical, emotional, mental or spiritual? What would you say to them who are seeking healing on behalf of other people who also may not be people of faith either? Yes. Yeah, and of course, the the other part, I'm going to answer your question, but the other part is that there's people listening to this podcast right now who've just lost somebody very close to them and dear to them as well. And I I really feel for them. But 
uh, I have implicit trust and faith that God is a good God. Mm. And I would encourage strong believers or new believers or non-believers, um, put aside your prejudice against God and humble yourself and say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's like somebody who knocks on the door and you open the door and there's a kid out there and he says, I want this and I want that. And you go, who are you? Push, push off. You know, I don't, I don't even know you. Mm. And so sometimes we come to God as strangers. Yeah. And sometimes we come, what we should do is we should come knowing him and being known by him. Yeah. So that he'll say, son, what do you want? Or daughter, what do you want? Mm. Um, I, I remember somebody told a story about an old man who was in a village. He was uh, not married and didn't have any children. And he decided to give his inheritance away. And he called all the children in from the orphanage. And he bought all these presents and he put them in a big barn. And he said to, um, he said to the kids, you can have anything you want. And... The kids all lined up, the big kids first, and they pushed the little kids to the back. And anything in this room you can have. And and they all rushed in and grabbed the bike or the toy or whatever. And there was only a couple of toys left and the old man and a little boy. And the little boy was was happy. And, and so he um, the, the old man said to him, what do you want? And the little boy said, can I have anything in this barn? And the, the old man said, yes, you can. And the little boy walked up to the old man and he grabbed the old man by the hand and he said, I want you. I've never had a dad. I want you. And I think when we, we don't want the toys and we don't want the healing, we want God. And when we want God, everything else falls into place. Yeah. And uh, so, if you're listening to me, you know, don't don't start your journey wanting healing. Start your journey wanting God. And I, I'm only new at this. You know, I'm only you know, obviously I'm still excited. I've only been doing this for fifty years, <laughs> and I'm really just starting. But I want God. I love yeah. Him, and He's He's, you know, He's. I don't love him because he heals me, and I don't love him because he he provides for me, and he does all of that. I love him because he, who he is. He's the Lord. Mm. And he's proven his love through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that I know my sins are forgiven, and I know I have eternal life, and I want to share that with people. Mm. And there are eternal benefits, but there are benefits down here as well. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I love that story, John. And I think that's so true. It's just wanting God. And it's just not wanting God. what you can get from God. <laughs> and But it's just wanting him, this deep being in love with him. Yeah. And knowing that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what's happening in the physical body, that he is in control and he is working in that circumstance or in the midst of that, even though sometimes it's not the answer that we want. But he's still working and he's still using it and he's still there. And if our heart is to just want God, then all the physical things, all the worldly things fade away. 
and you're yes. just in the presence of God. Yes. I read a book once by David Watson, who was an Anglican minister, a brilliant evangelist, and uh, he wrote a book called Fear No Evil. And it was about his cancer journey, and uh, people prayed for him, and he had you know, people with extraordinary healing powers pray for him, and he'd feel the presence of God and all sorts of things. And at the end of the book, he said, this journey's been so good, and I've come so close to the Lord that his personal assessment was, actually, I don't want to be healed. Yeah. I just want to be in the presence of God. He got so addicted yeah. to to the nearness and closeness of the Lord that he said that the healing's secondary. And so yeah. perhaps going back to the first scripture I quoted from this girl that I met in grade 12 in northern New South Wales, First ever scripture I learned, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and be right with him. Mm. And all these other things will be added. So perhaps yeah. healing is all the other things, you know. Yeah. Perhaps it's in that box. That's it. I think it is. I think you're right. John, like, and I think that that is a great place for us to end this podcast because, as you said, there are so many tangents and weaves that we could take this on. But I think that seeking God first and all the other things will be added. But if our heart and our eyes are on God, that's all that matters in the end. And I have been so encouraged by you and encouraged by what you've shared, but also encouraged to to seek God and to seek his miracles in our lives and to be expectant that he is going to work in those miracles. I think the stories you've told me, I'm sh I'm stunned that that happened, but I shouldn't be because God is a miracle worker. God is a God of miracles. He is the great physician. He is the ultimate healer. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be shocked. But I think that we are sometimes, and so it's seeking him in those moments too and seeking those miracles, seeking that healing, fully expectant that he can do the miraculous. Yeah. Well, John, it has been a pleasure to have you today. I am looking forward to more chats with you in the podcast over the coming months about God and about living life with him because I certainly um, am inspired by the way you and your wife um, live your lives just thirsting after more of God. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely loved it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of Real Hope Conversations. I hope that you were encouraged. I hope that you were inspired. And I hope above all that you step into this next week seeking to know God more and seeing him in your everyday life. If you loved today's episode, please subscribe wherever you find your podcasts so that we can keep sharing these discussions and chats about God so that we can journey towards seeing him revealed in this world together. If anything that we discussed today has been triggering or confronting, please feel free to get in contact with Lifeline on 13 11 14. We hope you have a great week.
Hope 1032 production. Thanks for listening.